your Bibles out and go to Jude chapter 1. I'm going to ask you all a question, and I know that I'm going to get a lot of different answers. There's no wrong answers, so don't feel bad. What's the biggest problem we're facing in the world? What's your biggest enemy? What's your biggest? Your mind? That's not a bad answer. Lack of jobs? Lack of God? Deception. Somebody in the first service says politicians. None of those answers are wrong. But there is a root issue that you and I need to deal with. We have an enemy, and we're not talking about the devil, bigger than people and circumstances that we face. And if we don't recognize it, then, then we're not going to deal with it properly. And I am talking about fear. The sermon is overcoming the spirit of fear. I don't know where she got that Taekwondo punch right there, but that's pretty good. You and I are in a situation right now in the world where we're dealing with an enemy that bigger than we've ever dealt with before. And we're going to have to be smarter than, than the devil. There, we're in a world where there's two kingdoms running parallel beside each other. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom of darkness, we would say. Satan rules through fear. Satan rules the earth through fear. God rules the earth through faith through peace, through joy. We're in one or those two, and we're dealing with fear. We all deal with fear to some degree. Now, one of the things that if you and I are going to have a good life, we've got to learn to deal with this. Now, Jude 1.20, he said, Beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost, verse 21, and keep yourself in the love of God. That means you and I have something to do about it, and we've got to keep ourselves in the love of God. He's given us the Holy Ghost to live on the inside of us now. Now, what that means is that we don't need to be afraid of anything. Now, I said that, and I want you to listen to me. The same spirit that went down into hell and got Jesus out lives in us. And Jesus did not walk the earth full of fear. Fear is contraband. You and I have no more business with fear than we do with drugs. But yet, we think that a little bit of fear or an occasional, some fear is healthy. It is not. Okay, so go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Fear is a spirit, not an emotion. When you feel fear, you are not having an emotion. You are in the presence of a spirit. Now you say, well, wait a minute, I don't know if I agree with that. Because all I was doing was that I was talking to someone and they said something to me and it caused me to be afraid. Well, can Satan manifest through words just like God can manifest through words? Yes, he sent his word and healed us. When you're in the doctor's office and they look at you and say you have a year to live, those words carry a picture and can cause you to get into fear. Now, I'm going to read this scripture right here. It's um, first, Second Timothy 1, 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Now, fear is a spirit. It is a demonic presence. As a born-again Christian, you cannot produce fear from inside of you. So when you feel fear, it is coming to you from an exterior source. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Or resist the spirit of fear and it will leave you. If you do not resist it, he will not leave you. Okay, 
Fear has torment. We'll get into that in a little while. Look at what it says here. It says, but he has given you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Now, what did he give? He, all of us have the Holy Ghost, but he says the spirit of God is a spirit of power. And he says, I have given you authority or power over all of the work of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Now, we're going to get into this in a minute, and I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead of myself. Fear and faith both are a product of what you are looking at and thinking about. One more time. Fear is a byproduct of what you're looking at and what you're thinking about. Faith is also a byproduct of what you're looking at and what you're thinking about. So the choice of fear or faith is not a choice, is not about the circumstance you're finding yourself in. It's a choice you have made over whether to hear what God says or what the devil is saying. Now right now in the world we're living in, Satan is ruling in the whole world through fear. People are scared. I'm not going to sit back and tell you not to wear a mask. But I was getting on the airplane to come home, and I had on one of those masks that you pull up around your neck and cover your nose because I was in Virginia, and it was like 30 degrees. And so I thought, well, I'll go ahead and just keep it on. I go in the airport. And the young man looked at me and said, that mask won't work. And I said, it won't? He goes, no, you need this one. And he handed me the blue one. And I looked at him and I kept my mouth shut. And I took the one mask off and put the other mask on. Folks, your air is coming out of it and going in it. I'm sorry. They did that to make you feel safe. If it works, jump in a swimming pool And tell me it stops water from coming in. So it's not stopping water vapor at all, guys. The mask will make you sick. Because you're breathing in your crappy breath for hours. I'm not not being mad at you. I'm just telling you that what the the world has decided to, to put you in fear. The COVID. How many people have died in their houses in the United States of America from COVID. Not one. Don't go to the hospital. I'm not being smart. If it was real, I would be real with you. But it's not. It's a tactic Started by a group of people called the New World Order. Are y'all aware we're in the last days? Have y'all figured that out yet? This is not a conspiracy theory. The book of Revelation is not a conspiracy theory. There is an antichrist coming. There is an antichrist system coming. In order to get you to bow, they have to create a problem so then they can create a solution then they're the Savior. I don't need a Savior. I have a Savior. The government is not going to save you. They're made up of crooks and liars. And, I, and, I, and, I'm just gonna, and I know that bothers some people. I know that you're going to leave. Some of y'all are going to leave and go, I didn't like him at all. That's fine. I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to criticize. I'm really not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm telling you that the television is a lie. And they're doing it to control you. They're set out to destroy the economy so that you're dependent on the government. It's called communism. Satan is behind it and it's in your Bible and it's called the mark of the beast because soon if you don't have the vaccination you can't even fly. 
it, this whole thing is, is purposely leading up and the problem you're going to have is not going to be the government, it's not going to be the airlines, and it's not going to be politicians. Your issue is going to be fear. Because you don't need to get into fear. The kingdom of God works really, really good. And we're going to talk about this. Are you all ready to go? Say, I love him already. All right. Satan rules through lies, deception, fear, and terror. God rules through righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Today, there's two kingdoms clashing for a position in you. Mark 4, 35. Go to Mark 4, 35. It says the kingdom of God is power, love, and a sound mind, and the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, and you have the mind of Christ. God created you in his image, and you have the intelligence to live for, before God without the government interfering with your life. Amen. The government was designed to keep Every, to, to, to honor the Constitution so you could have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is none of their business trying to keep you healthy. It is not their job. Amen. God will keep you healthy. If you follow and obey God, He'll take care of you. But I mean, I'm talking about people walking around right now and they're mad. We were standing in a line and, and uh, all of the guys on the slopes had on black. And, and I nicknamed them the, um, the Empire from Star Wars. When you're standing there and it's 17 degrees and, and a guy walks up and says, Get a mask on your face! I'm going, I mean, Really? All right, what, what is the point? Ain't nobody dying on the mountain. Ain't nobody even sick on the mountain. And you've got the Gestapo wow. trying to make you put on a mask. And I mean, I'm coming down the slopes. I have already slobbered all in this thing. And I'm just going to pull it down and breathe a little bit of fresh air for a moment. And I got a guy coming along and, and he's not going, would you please? I mean, he, I mean this, is, this is Darth Vader. And I was looking for Luke. He's got to be here somewhere. Are y'all out there on this? And, it's, and, and people are starting to get tired of it. Yeah. Yes. And the girl on the plane, the stewardess, she says, this is a big problem. I said, sweetheart, people are tired. I'm tired of you telling them what to do. All right, let's come back to what I was talking about a while ago. Let's come back to my sermon. Get, get in the spirit. You and I are dealing with a spirit on the loose in the earth. And if Satan is going to do everything in his power to control you right now. God does not want Satan controlling you between now and the rapture. You need to be led by the Spirit of God, not by a demonic spirit. Now, that's my whole point today. When you leave here today, you just let God show you what to do. And there may be times he tells you to put on masks, and there may be times he tells you to go to the hospital. He has me, but if he does, then so be it. Okay, Mark 4, verse 35. This is the story of Jesus, um, and he takes the disciples out and tells them to get in a boat, and we're going to begin on 35. On the same day that evening come, he said to them, let us try to go to the other side. What did he say? He said, let's go die in the middle of the lake. What did he say? To the other side. What he's doing is he's giving them a word to follow. The Lord has said things to you and I. Let's name one. With long life. You, with long life. Did he say that to you? Yes. Yeah, he said that to you. Then why are y'all talking about dying? Why are you afraid of dying? If he said, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. That's what he said. So he tells them, let's go to the other side. Now, I'm going to give you a precursor to this whole situation. 
Right above this is the story of the sower sows the word. Now, Jesus had just sat with his disciples and spent a good hour or two teaching them about the kingdom and how it works. He said, the kingdom of God is as a man who scatters a seed. And he's talking about the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart and how the word works. Now, Jesus has got these 12 guys and he's teaching them kingdom principles. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think Jesus was ever afraid? No. No. Why? He was human just like you and I. He knows something they don't know. He knows something we don't know. So he came to show the world what Adam was like before the fall. Adam didn't get sick. Adam wasn't afraid of hurricanes and tornadoes. How do you think Adam counted fish? He walked out there and went, okay, one, two, three, four, that's a whale, oh, that's a shark. We don't know how Adam did it, but we see how Jesus did it. So Jesus is here. He's not just roaming around in his little white dress with a lamb trying to prove he's the son of God. He's teaching these men how to live in the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of darkness. He's training them. So he just sat on the side of the hill and he spent probably two hours teaching them the principles. Then he said, let's get in the boat. All right, is, the, is this a test? Yes. All right, now well, let's, let's, let's stop talking about boats for a minute. Let's talk about airplanes. When I used to fly and do uh, missions work, I got, I wanted to fly a little more people and a little faster than 120 miles an hour. So I went out and got my multi-engine instrument rating. That means two engines out there, 500 horsepower, 250 horsepower, Lycoming engines spinning out on the wings, able to carry 1,800 pounds of useful load, 2,400 pounds of load, 1,800 airplanes. So, so, so. I'm in the classroom, and they're teaching me about reciprocating engines. Do you think that the class is teaching me how to die or live? Live. So they taught me what to do if an engine quits. If a pilot's fan stops spinning, it makes him sweat. Thank you. I've got to come back over here for a minute. This crowd over here. So they're teaching me how, what to do in an emergency. Because that engine is dead weight. It isn't working. It isn't producing power. And it's heavy. So it has a tendency to drop, meaning the live engine flips the airplane over upside down, which is something you don't want to do. Not only that, but it's creating drag, which means that the live engine's pulling forward and the dead engine's going back, causing you to yaw and flip and roll and die. So we have class, and they teach you what to do. When they are done in class, guess where you go next? To the plane. Why? They're going to turn my engine off. So fire it up, take off, take off, get up about 5,000 feet. And he reaches over and he pulls my engine and kills it. And he says, now what do you do? Well, there's a thing in aviation called dead foot, dead engine. So your rudder goes to the floor, which means your left engine needs to be feathered. And you reach up and you feather it. Don't feather the, the right one. You just killed the good engine. Don't want that. No, 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 no. Don't kill the only one working. So you kill the dead one. You get get the, the, the props turned into the wind, stops the drag, drop the good engine lower, and the the airplane will go down to 5,000 feet. It will level off, and you can find an airport and land. Everybody say that would be good. Barbara remembers the time we had something similar to that happen. The door popped out on the airplane, and she's glad that I actually paid attention in class. 
because she didn't know it then, but that was extremely deadly. That thing snatched the yoke out of my hand when that door popped open. The pressure changed in the airplane, and that thing went wham and snatched the yoke out of my hand, and the whole airplane starts vibrating. You know what you do when that happens? You kill the power, which is scary. Because you need to drift in, but as long as that airplane is jerking violently, you're going to die. So anyway, I pulled the power back on it, got it to where it was just barely flying, and turned around and came back, and we closed the door. After that, everybody in the plane was quiet. No complaining anywhere. Praying in the Holy Ghost, all the way to the Bahamas. Wonderful flight. And, and, and does Jill ever watch these? Jill gave everybody Dramamine. And Eric is sitting next to me, and he keeps falling asleep on the yoke. And I keep having to shove him back off the yoke because he's about to kill us, you know. And I said, Jill, what would you do? I gave him, well, everybody knocked out. I said, Jill, you about caused us to bald die in Eric. Okay, never mind, enough of that. Let's come back to this. Jesus just spent... Two hours teaching them about the kingdom. Then he says, let's get in a boat and go to the other side. Mm -hmm. Now let's read. He's testing them. And when they had left the multitude, they took along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so it was already filling. And he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Of Why wouldn't he be? It's obvious he's not afraid. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are windstorms able to kill you? Yes. This is deadly. Now he also didn't say, you should have used a little bit more wisdom. That is another thing everybody is saying. Pastor, you should use some wisdom. So here's my question. Why didn't they just use wisdom and walk around the lake? It's not that far. I think Jesus is just being careless. Folks, you're not going to live your life avoiding trouble. You can't stop everything you're doing because a windstorm comes up. Right. Are y'all listening to me? Yeah. You're, if you're going to obey God, you're going to get in situations. You're going to need to learn to use your faith. Right. Not avoid it by going home and sitting in your house and hiding from a virus. Yes. I know that makes people mad, but listen, don't get mad at me. Amen. God gave you an immune system. Build it up. Vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, eat right, get the sugar out of your diet, and pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, Poppy's sitting here, and Mommy. Well, he had corona the other day, bad. I went and got him vitamins and prayed for him, and Justin went over and laid hands on him. Justin just marches right into his house, corona, no corona, laid hands on Poppy. Poppy had a fever. When did it break? Right away. Right away. He calls back and says, I feel better. Listen, Jesus did not, we're not on the, we're not on the losing end of this. Yes, amen. The world doesn't know God. All right, I'm, I'm fixing to go someplace. A great windstorm arose, and he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they woke him and said, Teacher, It is quite obvious to us, you just don't care. What a statement. If you cared, we wouldn't be in this mess. If you cared, you'd close the doors. I do care. That's why I'm doing this, because I do care. But I'm going to tell you, avoiding problems is not the answer to life. You're living in a fallen world, and you might want to learn to operate in it. So it's not a matter that he doesn't care. He's got him out there because he does care. Oh, son, I do care. That is the reason why I taught you the lesson and brought you out here, and you are flunking terribly. 
If you flunk, he'll just take you back out in another storm. I flunked my first multi-engine test. I pulled the good engine. And he said, flunk, land. And he said, son, you need to go get another lesson. Now, that's embarrassing. It's expensive. It's also stupid. It is not something you want to do in real life. That's why I made the statement a while ago, don't pull the good one. I should have told you the rest of the story. (laughs) They want you to do stupid, simulated, then do stupid for real. That's what the whole movie Top Gun was about. If you're going to get killed, get killed simulated. The better you'll you'll probably live the next time because you don't keep making the same. So God may take you some places and do things with you and simulate a few things for you so that when the real trial comes, you're ready. Boy, that's good preaching. He arose, he rebuked the wind, and he said, peace, be still. The wind ceased. And there was a great calm, and then he turned and said, Why are you fearful? How is it you have no faith? Now listen to what I'm about to say. He is not being smart. How come you didn't didn't listen to the thing I said? That's not what he said. He asked two very important questions, and he wants a dialogue. Now listen, took them out, wind kicked up, They flunked the test. He stopped the wind. The boat is sitting there. It's calm. And he said, now let's talk. Why are you afraid? He, He is concerned about it. But the biggest issue they're facing right now is their fear, not the storm. So he asked him a question, and he wants them to answer. He wants them to know how they got in that mess. Why are you afraid? Did I say go out and die? Did I say try? What did I, Peter, what did I say? I said let's go the other side, Peter. What is wrong? Boys, what's wrong here? And they're sitting there going. And then he says, why don't you have faith? We spent two hours on the mountain talking about the kingdom and you don't remember a thing I said. Are you all hearing me? Two questions. Why are you afraid? Why is it you have no faith? I'm going to read something to you, and I don't ever want you to forget what I'm about to say. Faith and fear are a product of what you are looking at and thinking about. Don't ever forget it. Because it's obvious they were looking at the wind and not at Jesus. And it's obvious they're not thinking about what he said. You, I've been in fear, and you have been in fear, and it's a spirit that's talking to us and saying, pay attention to me. And God wants us to go, no, I'm not paying attention to you. I resist you. He's wanting them to stand up and speak to the wind. He's wanting them to do what he just taught them to do. He's going to leave one day. You guys are going to die in the middle of the assignment I gave you because I'm going to send you. Thomas went to India. They went to Iraq, Iran, Turkey. They went some bad places. We're in the world. This world is getting badder and badder. And y'all are just wanting Trump to bail you out and the rapture to take place so you don't ever have to deal. Oh, I didn't say that. I have a revelation for you. Trump's not God either. Jesus didn't die. We still have a scripture. If God is for you, who could be against you? If God is on my side, 
I will live and not die and declare the glory of God. The greater one lives on the inside of me. If I say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and I don't doubt in my heart, I will have what I say. I have given you authority over all the work of the enemy, Daryl Morgan, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Now, folks, I have to focus on that. When I'm in a doctor's office and he says, you have a year to live, what do I do? Cry? No, I come back over here and go, you said. Long life, you said. Long life, you said. Long life. I'm in the hospital and the doctor said, you're full of gangrene. And I said, give me a pad of paper. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting a sermon for Wednesday. <laughs> I did, I did. Because I got to get my mind off of gangrene and get it on something else. And I got up here next Wednesday and preached that message. And there wasn't any more gangrene in me. And there was no more sickness on the inside of me. And I never even got a, fe- a fever. Hallelujah. I didn't get healed because I, I just got my mind. I got to get, get your mind off of the gangrene and get your mind on the call of God that's on your life. I got places to go. I got things to do. I don't have time to die. Folks, it's not easy to turn your, your eyes away from the, the television. Oh, guys, turn it off. Oh, the next one's worse than this one. Yeah, but you don't know God. He whooped every devil in hell once. He can handle the Democrats and the Republicans. I got news for y'all. Say amen anyhow. So he asked him this question. He said, why are you afraid? And how is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and they said to one another, who can this be? Even the wind and the wave obey him. Well, they're supposed to be obeying you. At least they recognize he's got something. He's got the goods. Go to 1 Samuel 17. Say, no fear here. No fear here. I wake up every morning and I say, if God is for me, who can be against me? Folks, listen, I hear the same devil you do. There's a demon that sits on your bedpost. And he waits for your eyeballs to open. And he leans over and goes, you're going to have a bad day today. Anybody ever heard it? I open mine and go, boom. I'm awake. Ah, And the devil goes, wah. Without fear, Satan can't control you. Think about that. Think strong about that. But with faith, God can take care of you. So, 1 Samuel. Now, I I, I know that this is the most preached story in the whole Bible. David and Goliath. I am aware that you saw this in the flannel graph in children's church. (laughs) And you are very aware of the story. But faith does not come by having heard Faith comes by hearing, and sometimes we just need to open our Bible and read it again. Now, what was the difference in David and the rest of the people? We're going to see there is a difference in the men. Say, there's a difference in me too. That's where we're going. Say, I'm a David. First Samuel 17, 1, the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and gathered at Sokoth, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sokoth and Azkah in Ephes Darnit. <laughs> Just didn't want to cuss. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against Philistines. Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side in a valley between them. 
And a champion went out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He was about 10 feet tall. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's a big, big, big monster. He is a warrior, and he's been a warrior all of his life. Oh, let's, do, let's have two questions. Who is determining how he, Goliath said, send me a man. Who decided how the battle would go? Is, is, is your enemy telling you how to fight him? Yes, that's good. Wow. That's good. The, the, it's none of the enemy's business how we kill him. Yes, yes that's right. That's good. That's good. All right, let, let's, let's go. Let's do a little American history. The Patriot movie. The Redcoats and Americans. And the Redcoats said, you need to be like men and you line up over there and we will shoot at you. And then you will shoot at us. And the generals will sit up there and watch all y'all fools die. And the Americans said, I don't think so. I'm not going to stand there while you shoot at me. I'm going to hide behind a tree. And I'm going to shoot at you, and then I'm going to run and load my gun and ambush you again down the road. They learned it from the enemies, from the Indians. Whenever you're in war, the enemy is not the one telling you how to fight. And Goliath is telling them, you send one guy, I'll fight him. Well, you're so big, why don't we have 20 guys go fight you? But Saul is listening to the devil tell him how to fight. Don't let the devil tell you how to fight this battle. Don't go to church. You can go to Walmart. So the other day, I'm in, I'm in an airplane. And, uh, and a guy said, put your mask on. Put your mask on. And I, I said, can I get water? He says, yes. I said, so Corona doesn't come out when I'm drinking water. He said, Shut up. (laughs) Stupid, stupid, stupid. I'm not telling them to let the devil tell me how to fight my battles. So during the war, they called Americans cowards. We won. Yeah, exactly. There you go. We won. We became a nation. Amen. Never mind. That's enough. Because some of y'all might be from England. And they've already offended you. I speak lots of languages. This is English. I speak Georgian too. And my wife goes, you need to stop doing that. But I'm entertaining myself because watching y'all, I've got to do something. I mean, I've got to do something. <laughs> I'm looking out over there and going, they got to laugh or something right now. They got to. All right, David, so Goliath is out there and he's taunting them. And he says, send me a man. Verse 8. And he stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to battle? There's no battle. Am I not a Philistine and you're the servants of Saul? Well, that's the problem. Choose one man among you and let him come to me. Goliath's a coward. Why are all the rest of the Philistines... This is going on for 40 days. Why have they not attacked? They're afraid. Why hasn't Israel attacked? They're afraid. Why does Goliath only want want, want one guy? He's afraid. Verse 11. Saul and all the men heard the words of the CBN, NBC, and ABC, and they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Yes, thank you. Amen. Let's bring it where it is. If this one doesn't kill you, the next one will be worse. I have never heard him say it. I got to tell you all something. Don't get mad at me. I haven't watched the television, the ABC, NBC, in probably 25 or 30 years. I really don't want to hear what Satan has to say. I could care less. 
and, and who, who died and made a journalist intelligent? <laughs> Are you serious? I got a Bible. I don't need to listen to you. Okay, that's just personal. Now, if you're a journalist, then I probably made you mad. All right. Now, David was the son of, verse 12, the, uh, the Ephetite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. He had eight sons, and the man was old, advanced in years, in the days of Saul. Three oldest sons had gone to follow Saul to the battle, and the names of his three sons were Eliah and Abinadab and Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. And David occasionally went up and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep in Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Verse 22. David left the supplies. David went home, took care of the sheep, and got some cheese and bread and crackers and sardines. And David left the supplies in the hands of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. And as he talked with them, there the champion of the Philistines of Gath, Goliath by name, came up from the armies of Philistines, and he spoke the same words so David heard them. Now David's hearing it too. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen the man who has come up? Surely he's come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and give him his daughter. And David went, serious. The girl, she's a fox. Now, I want to, this may sound silly to you. David starts inquiring about killing the giant. Why? He gets the girl and the gold. And he's walking around going, tell me one more time, is this get the girl true? He's going, have you ever seen her? I mean, she's fine. I mean, I'm just a country boy, but I know fine. And, and someone says, yeah, you get the girl. And so David's, David is running around the camp asking everybody about the king's daughter and the gold. And Saul heard it and took David up to the camp and said, what is this you're saying? David saw the giant and heard the words too. But his focus is not on the giant. His focus is on killing him. Say yes. yes. Say, I'm going to kill the giant. I'm going to kill COVID. Yeah, Say, America's best days are ahead. Say, we're going to kill this giant. Say, we're the greatest nation on the earth. We're full of the Holy Ghost. We're going to kill this giant. You're not stealing our nation. China's not stealing our nation. I'm not a communist. I'll never be a communist. In Jesus' name. I'm doing pretty good, aren't I? Now, I didn't say that there wasn't a threat. I didn't say there wasn't a liar. I did say the greater one lives on the inside of you. Now, David, even though we've heard this story a hundred times and everybody's talking about David, 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 when you start talking this way, you're going to get criticized. His brother got all over him. Who do you think you are talking like that? Why? Because his brother is scared of the giant. Why is David not afraid of the giant? Because he's trusting God. And he wants the girl. I want the girl. Later, he wishes he hadn't married her because she's like her father. You got to read, the, this is a drama. You don't need Hallmark. You got a Bible. I mean, it's all in here. That's true. Verse 28. Well, let's go to 26. David spoke to the man and said, What shall be done to the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? And who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? Who do you, who do you think you are? 
there's, this is called the spirit of faith. Not the spirit of fear. You have one or the other, but you don't have them both. But you can shift from the spirit of fear into the spirit of faith. We, and it says in 2 Corinthians 4, we having the same spirit of faith. You have the same spirit of faith that Jesus had. You have the same spirit of faith David had. You have the same spirit of faith that Paul had. Amen. Say, I'm a conqueror. I'm a conqueror. All right, let's go. Eliab, his oldest brother, heard what he spoke to them, and Eliab's anger was aroused at David and said, why are you coming down here, and who let, who'd you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. You came down to see the battle, and David said, what battle? <laughs> Never mind. And David said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? So let's go back to my story a while ago. I'm laying in the hospital in Texas. My appendix have ruptured. I'm full of gangrene. Is there a reason for me to be alive? I believe that I was born on purpose. I believe I'm a last day's preacher. I can't get my job done dead. There is a cause, and when you get cause-focused, you're off the problem and on to the cause. I don't have time to die. I have work to do. We'll have to put death off for a while. I'm doing so good. He turned to another and said the same thing. Saul heard him, gets him down there. Verse 43, David goes down and decides to have a talk to the Philistine. Verse 42, the Philistine looked about and saw David, and he disdained him. He's a boy. And I mean, he don't even have pimples. We're not talking a youth. He's a boy. He might be 12. And, and Goliath's going, Serious. This is the man you sent me. And David said, yes. <laughs> what did Jesus say about faith? As a mustard seed. It the, it, it's, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Someone said one day, says, Pastor Morgan, you're a little dog. I said, I am, but I'm a bulldog. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having fun. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with a stick? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said, Come to me, and I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said, And Mark Hagen said, Never run at your giant with your mouth shut. You came to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, and I have come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defiled. And this day, I'm going to do, he's going to deliver you in my hand. I'm going to cut your head off, and I'm going to drag it around all over Israel, and I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air, and I'm going to kill you. Amen. And he did it. And he did it. Because he saw himself victorious. A spirit of faith... Always. See, what should have happened in the boat that day? The guy should have gone out there and said, don't wake him up. What did he say? He said, let's go to the other side. He said, leave him alone. We're going to the other side. Jesus should have woke up on the other shore and said, how did we get over here? And he said, boss, it was rough. But we let you sleep. We remembered what you taught us. This is good preaching in it. No fear here. I will not entertain fear. You don't have to either. You choose now what you look at. One more scripture. Y'all ready? 1 John 4. Let's give you something to look at. This is another thing I do when I'm in a situation and I don't know what to do. 1 John 4, 18. 
There is no fear in love. No fear in God. Perfect love cast out fear because fear has torment. Does God love you unconditionally? No condition. He just flat loves you because he's love. Now think about that for a minute. Right here, we don't have to earn it. We don't have to deserve it. We don't have to become better. God will answer your prayers just because he's good. Not because you're good. I'm going to tell you another story. I've told it before, but y'all need to hear this story. When I was in Haiti, and I was trying to get 43 Haitians filled with the Holy Ghost, and I knew that they they were going to have a little struggle with this. Now, the income in Haiti at the time I was there was $20 a month. That's, That's a lot of money to them. So I reached in my wallet and I pulled a $20 bill out. And I waved it in the air. I would show you one right now, but I just gave it to the coffee shop and I'm broke. <laughs> no, I'm not broke. I just, I have money, but it's in Lisa's purse. <laughs> so I pulled a $20 bill out and I said to 43 Haitians, who wants this? Everybody looked at me and was quiet. And you know what they're thinking? He ain't giving us that money. Who in their right mind would give someone a month's wages? But see, I don't think like they think. This is not a month's wages. This is tip money. Now, I'm, we're talking God versus you now. Healing ain't no big deal to God. Paying all your bills ain't no big deal to God. Ain't nothing to God. So I said, who wants this 20? And it's quiet. And I'm standing there waving it in the hand. I said, who wants it? It's just quiet. I said, um, anybody want the 20? And a girl sitting back here in the back, she, she did this. I'll take it. Kind of. And I walked over and I gave her the 20. And I walked away. And I got up to the front and I turned around and I said, Y'all think I'm going to go get my money back. And I'm not. I gave it to her. And all of the young men I walked by started screaming, Oh my God, I could have had that $20. And the whole place, I mean, they're all sitting there going, They just passed up a month's wages for free. Because they're afraid to raise their hand and say, I'll take it. And I said, why did I give her that money? Because she's good? I said, I don't know her. I didn't give her 20 because she's good. I gave her 20 because I'm good. I said, how many of y'all want the Holy Ghost? Every one of them jumped to their feet and started speaking in tongues instantly. Shut up. They realized... All I got to do is reach up and take it. I just said, Phil, and I mean 42 out of 43, hit the, they jumped and started speaking in tongues. They reached up to God and said, I'll take that. Unconditional love drives out fear. If God is for you, I mean, a thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, and it shall not come nigh me. I am God's favorite son. Do y'all dare? He loves you. There can be no fear in you. When you're thinking and, and spending your time thinking on the goodness of yes. God. Amen. Someone mentions COVID, you go, God is good. Amen. Jesus is Lord. I plead the blood. Yes. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's inside yes. of me. Yes. Woo, Jesus yes. is Lord. Where's COVID? I think I'll cut his head off. How many, bad, how many situations has God gotten you out of yet? Do you think he's stopping today? No. 
Don't flunk the next test. Next time you find yourself in a storm, don't cry. Don't you care? Don't do it. We're here. America's fixing to find out that the church has never been defeated. And it never will be. And we're going out of here in a bang. We will not be whining and crying in our beer on the way out. We're going to shout right up to the day of the rapture. And they're going to be glad we left. And we're going to be glad we left. And we're going to say, the salt has left the pig. And it'll begin to stink starting right now. They don't know how they love you yet. One more time, say, no fear here. No fear here. That's going to have to be our, we're going to have to, we're going to have to get serious with this between now and the rapture. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Being full of God, this is how you know you're in faith. You're full. I didn't say you're happy. Happiness is based on what happens. I've seen Jim get unhappy. When he misses at IDPA, he's not happy. I'm picking on him now, Beth. But, he's, but he never loses his joy. Say, I will not lose my joy. You ready to pray? Yes. Heavenly Father, we've gathered in this building right now to listen to you, what you had to say to us today. And we all sit here in this room realizing we have a common enemy. And the enemy is fear. We understand that Satan's not all-powerful. If he can't get us in fear, he can't control us, he can't rule us, and he cannot stop the plan of God that's on our life. And we have chosen this morning in the name of Jesus to keep our eyes on you and to keep our thoughts on you. If you ask us where my faith is, I'll tell you, sir, my eyes are on you. Say this with your mouth. Say, greater Greater. is he that is in me than he that's in this world. Say, if God is for me, who could be against me? If he gave me his son, how shall he not with him? Freely give me all things. Say, with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Satan, I'm talking to you. My best days are ahead. Now, you might want to learn to live like this. It's fun. One more thing real quick. They will call you a coward. Now, I got to tell my dog story. I never told my dog story. You can't start now. I hadn't told my dog story. What do you do when you get in a battle and you lose? You go back and fight the battle again. There was a, a Georgia Bulldog. One day, came under the fence and saw two German shepherds in the backyard. The dog jumped on those two German shepherds, and the shepherds whooped him. The little bulldog crawled back under the fence and went home. And the next morning, he crawled back under the fence, and he eyed the two shepherds, and he jumped on them again. And the shepherds beat him, but not quite as bad. The little bulldog left and went under the fence and went home. Next morning, the dogs are standing there looking at the hole. And the little bulldog stuck his head under the hole and came in the yard to fight the dogs again. This time, the two German shepherds were hiding in the corner. If you lose a battle, go home, get your Bible back out, and go back out there and find that devil one more time. If he likes fear, scare the heck out of him. Now everyone loves Georgia Bulldogs. I didn't say a gator came under the fence. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
Lisa's going to polish this off and get some of you if you need prayer, but you guys have a great day. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 4.20 through 22. Do you know it by heart? Nobody's jumping to the plate. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them. And they are health to all your flesh. The word of God brings life and health to your flesh, not just your spirit. He said, put your attention on my words, not on CNN's words, not on CDC's words. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. He said, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life for you. The Bible says that men's hearts will fail them for fear. But if you're guarding your heart and guarding those springs and those issues of life, they will bring life to you continually through the storm, through the good and the bad. Guard your heart and your ears and your eyes are the gates to your heart. Watch what you see, watch what you hear. Amen? Praise the Lord. I said this back in March of 2020 when all this started. I said, don't be a coward. I didn't call my church a coward. I said, don't cower under this fear that's coming to shut you up, to shut down Jesus, to shut down Christianity, to take, there's a foreign entity wanting to take over your nation. A foreign entity. And whether you're Democrat or Republican or whether you don't vote at all, it's time for us all to come together and realize China and the Communist Party wants to take over this nation. Whether you like this or not, and it's time for us all to come together and go, no, we will remain free. What is mass for? It's to cover your throat. It's to shut you up. The virus is so small, it's like a vapor. It comes through your mask. I wear a mask sometimes. I don't like it because I want to go in and I want to get something to the store and they all follow me and they yell at me. But if I really don't want them, you know, I can stay out of that store. I fly on an airplane because I want to go somewhere. But, so we're not, we're not upset because you wear a mask. I, I do sometimes. But I will tell you where it's going if we don't stand up. It's to shut down you. It's to shut down your business. It's to take all your money away. And so the government can be your hero and feed you paper money that means nothing so you can get in welfare lines like China is. So it's time for you to raise up as Christians and people of God and go, I'm not shutting my business down. You're not telling me what to do. You're not putting me under tyrannical control. Now, I haven't verified this with a California lawmaker, but someone just told me that they passed a law just now in California that said churches can only fill up to 25% capacity and you're not allowed to sing and you're not allowed to chant. Chanting to the world is praying in the Holy Ghost. She'll break it up. They call it chanting, like a witch doctor chant. What, what is that? That's to shut you down. It's to shut you up. Who's behind that? Satan is behind that. So guess what? Praise God. Mario Marilla, pastors in California, taking it to the field. And the glory of God has fallen. And if we have to take it outside to the parking lot, we will. 90 degree, 100 degree, we will sing, we will chant, we will lift our voice because we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation who has called for, we are called to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This pastor, these pastors will never shut our mouth or our doors.
Never. And this is what I was saying back in March. Because I saw what was behind it. It had horns. <laughs> and people rebuked me. Good people. Good people. Because they didn't understand. You just need to use wisdom. Well, they said that to Jesus. Teacher, don't you care? Pastor Lisa, don't you care? Put your mask up. Don't you care? This is us caring for you. Teaching you the word of God. Teaching you your authority. Teaching you to guard your heart. Teaching you not to let fear dominate and control. And the tyranny run over you and your nation that God started. Amen? Amen? So having said that, if you're not on God's side... You need to be afraid. <laughs> because God said, he said, do not fear man who can kill the body, but fear me who not only can kill the body, but can thrust you into hell. Not because he wants to. Hell was made for Satan and his demons. But if you... Decide to continue to live under his control and his lordship. He has no choice. But he's not taking you into heaven. Not with that kind of attitude. Amen? He's not taking Satan into heaven. He made his choice. And all those that decide to follow him will go with him. If you're here today, he loves you. But he's not going to make you. Come forward now. As my altar workers are coming forward, come forward and say, Jesus, you love me. Your word says in John 3, 16, God so loved the world. He loved me that he gave his only son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you have everlasting life in you, you don't have to be afraid of physically dying. You're just changing addresses and going on to glory. That's why this world should not be able to control you. Amen. If you don't know Jesus, come forward this morning. And they will lead you into the very throne room of God. Jesus will come inside you and bring you eternal, everlasting life. And you will, you will come out from under the control of Satan into the control and the lordship of his marvelous light, Jesus Christ. If you have prayer or want prayer for any other reason, come on up. They will spend time with you and pray for you. The rest of you, you can be dismissed and resume talking in the foyer. Amen. Praise God. And don't forget prayer tonight at 6 o'clock p.m. Amen. Come on up if you want prayer. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.